You are listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. For more information about Journey, please check out our website at journeychristian.com. We are a community of fully devoted disciples of Jesus who reach out to love our neighbors, serve the hurting, and develop leaders for ministry. We're in this series called Analog Christian, and if you haven't been with us, it's a series we're going to do all summer long. The whole idea of this series is what does it look like to follow Jesus, to live uh, for Jesus, and to live uh, by following Christ in this fast-paced digital age that we find ourselves in right now? And our theme verse for this whole series is found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So uh, the past couple weeks, we looked at love and joy, and, um, and then we just kind of went like this. We went love, joy, and then we're just going to take a, a little break and go to patience. So today we're going to talk about patience. Some of y'all are wired like you can't handle this. You're like, you can't go out of order. You got to go in order, pastor. Okay. We're going to do peace next week. If that's a problem with you, you need peace. Okay. Y'all with me? And give me patience. I thought for Father's Day, I just wanted to kind of uh, address patience on Father's Day and, and we'll get back to peace. As a matter of fact, the whole series is not going to be in order. It's going to freak some of y'all out and it's all good. I talked to God. He's good with it. So uh, we're just going to do that. Uh, I do want to highlight something. I don't know if you can see it, but my shirt is a combination of two of my favorite things, Hawaiian shirts and my kids. This is this year's Father's Day present. My kids got me this, my wife and kids. And so uh, very, very grateful. Some of y'all are like, what is that? I had one person walk by me fast and they're like, is that all your face? I'm like, what kind of person has a bunch of their own face? I don't know what that, maybe next year, I don't know. So today we're talking about patience instead of impatience. And we're looking through a digital lens. And I don't know if you saw this, this past week, something went viral and it had to do with the game show Jeopardy, okay? So Jeopardy showed a question, and this was the question. Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father, which art in heaven, blank be thy name, okay? So this is the Lord's Prayer. Three very smart contestants didn't even guess. They had no clue, no clue, okay? And then, and then social media saw it. And what do you think some Christians did about that? Here's the headline, a national news headline based off the Christian comments on social media. Jeopardy fans unleash wrath over pathetic lack of response to biblical clue. Sad world we're in. Okay, so let me, let me help you understand the picture. There are Christians that know the Lord's Prayer, and they, in an unkind way, commented to non-Christians that don't know it. Here's what they said. They, this is one quote. They didn't know the answer to the Lord's Prayer. How pathetic. This is why our nation is broken. It's hallowed, you heathens. The next one is, my five-year-old could have answered this. Sad. So we have Christians going on social media without Christ to call out people that don't know Christ or the Bible 
And the problem is people can't differentiate Christians on social media versus non-Christians. Let me say that again. The problem is the world can't differentiate Christians from non-Christians. And sometimes they can, but it's not because of the bright light. It's because of the loud noise. Guys, this should shame us. It should shame us. And I'm not here to shame them. I'm here because I'm part of the problem. We, we, how fast do we tweet? How fast do we post? We saw this in the last election cycle. We got to get ready for the next one. Just because you think it doesn't mean the whole world has to hear it. You should have a 24-hour button before you hit reply or post or send. You see, last time I read 1 Corinthians 13, 4 said, love is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. Ephesians 5 says this. 5, 15 and 16 says, whoosh. He and I got something like, you know what I'm saying? Be very careful then how you post. I mean, live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Think about that. Be very careful then how you post. Be very careful how you live. Making the most of every opportunity. What, what would it look like when somebody drops the ball and the news? Christians just come to give them Love, kindness, grace. Hey, you didn't know that. I, 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 didn't, I know you didn't know the Lord's Prayer. I'd love to be able to teach it to you. Here's my email address. Or hey, I'd love to help you. Hey, I just want you to know you didn't get it. It's okay. I'm praying for you. Anything I can pray for you specific for, I pray every day. I would love to be able to add you to my list. What would it look like if we realize that every opportunity is a God opportunity? Why? Because the days are evil. Let the, let the media run with that. Here, here's, here's what I think about anytime I go to social media. It's a real simple rule. One rule. Tweet others the way you want to be tweeted. That's it. That's it. Tweet others the way you want to be tweeted. Right? Like, like technology is so good, we do everything instantly. And, and now we're caught up in this thing that if it enters my brain, it must go out to 8 billion people. Like, it has to. And I don't know about y'all, I don't want, like, I don't want my wife knowing every thought I have. Like, there's some crazy thoughts in here, and, man. And yet we instantly just go, email, boom, post, reply. But there's this, man, tweet others the way you want to be tweeted. Listen, the people that tweeted, I'm not even saying I disagree with their actual stance. I just, agree, just disagree with the message. The method of communicating that. In the rise of the digital age, someone once said this. This is the age of the half-read posts and the quick cash and the mad dash and the bright night and the nerves tight, the plane hop, brief stop, the brain strain, the heart pain, and the cat nap till the spring sprung and the fun's done. I'm not saying that again. <laughs> Famous psychologist John Dewey said the most useful virtue in the world is patience. The word of God in James 5, 7 says this. It says, be patient then, brothers and sisters. And when I read this, I'm like, y'all may need this, but I, I'm good. Like, I could be patient 60, 90 seconds. Like, that's not a problem. Like, be patient, done. But my next question to God is, okay, you want me to be patient? Like, God, how long do you want me to be patient? 
until the Lord's coming. Okay. That's a long time. Like I got the first part. God, how long are we talking? Like until I come back. Okay. I'm max 90 seconds after that. I'm going to need some help. I don't know about you, but I need some intervention. And that's where we're at today. It's like, God, I, I can't do this without you. I need you. You want me to be patient until I see you again? I'm going to need your help. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. So this is what I want to do. I want to give you four pitfalls to patience. And then what I want to do is talk about the, the power of patience. So if you're a note taker, you're going to love today. Um, it kind of is, is clean and smooth. Pitfall number one, pitfall of patience is interruptions. How good are you about being interrupted? You see the disciples, Jesus' disciples, his best friends, they struggled with this. Even though they were with Jesus, even though they hung out with Jesus, that they struggled with this. As Jesus was taken off and as his name and fame was getting bigger, there were some kids that wanted to come to Jesus to be, to be prayed for and blessed by him. And on their journey to Jesus, the, the disciples stiff-armed them. They rebuked them and said, no, 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 the master's too busy for you little folk. He, he can't handle your interruption. And this is why we love Jesus. Jesus stopped them. And he said in Matthew 19, 14, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. What if interruptions are interruptions? What if interruptions are actually divine appointments in disguise? And we just miss them. I like to think they are. Pitfall of patience number two, inconveniences. How good are you about being inconvenienced? I mean, none of us plan on it. That's the whole point of the term. And very few of us like it, but it's something that we're called to do. Matthew 5, 40 and 41 says this, this Jesus talking. He says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand it over and your coat as well. And I just want you to know, he's not talking about this shirt. Okay. So, uh, just, I talked to him. So nobody's taking my shirt. Okay. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, Hand it over, over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. This is where that term, go the extra mile, comes from. As a matter of fact, on our staff, we have core values. One of our core values is go the extra mile with a smile. And every single month, we have a staff meeting, and we hand out an award. This is the award. We hand out this award. We fill it with their favorite candy and give them some stuff, write in it, make it nice. And, and the way we give out the award is all the staff will nominate each other and they'll, they'll see, hey, I saw so-and-so do this. They went the extra mile with the smile. I saw this person go the extra mile with the smile. They nominate, we read them, and then they, they choose a winner. And I want to just give a shout out because this month's winner, the month of June, we just celebrated last week, goes to our one and only Anthony Suarez in Lake County. And so uh, Lake County, Anthony, well done, my friend. Thank you for going the extra mile with a smile, and I love your heart, and I love how you do that. That's what, that's what God's talking about. Like, when we go the extra mile, it wasn't planned. It's not convenient, and yet that's exactly what God's calling us to do. Pitfall number three, irritations. How easy is it for you to get irritated? I think about the old show, Dennis the Menace. Like, Mr. Wilson, like, bro, if you just would have moved, like, you would have, you would have saved 10 years of your life. Like, just move. Like, everything irritated. And here's the thing. 
do you know how many things in our life we can't control? And this is what I would say. Don't let things that you can't control control you. There's too many things you can't control. Don't let anything or anyone take your joy, make you lose your patience. Don't let things that you can't control control you. Maybe you feel like the taxi cab driver in New York City who famously said this. He said, you know, it's not just the work that I enjoy, but it's the people I run into. Some of you need to tell your neighbor about that. (laughs) Man, people just irritate you. You Just run them over. (laughs) Pitfall number four, inactivity. Inactivity. How good are you just on waiting for someone or something? Just waiting. It's really hard in a lot of situations. Maybe you're waiting for results. Maybe you're waiting to find that special someone. Maybe you're waiting to get into a school or to get a promotion. How good are we at waiting? Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Apparently, I've been bad at this my whole life, okay? Just full disclosure. Literally, my parents have notes from when I was in kindergarten and first grade that say, We don't know what to do with your son. He keeps getting out of his chair. When we call on him, he stands on his chair, walks on the chairs to come to the front. He can't just sit still. Don't judge me. I'm trying to figure out why did my parents keep those notes? Like, (laughs) why would they do that? Okay. Like, what is, like, why would you do that? It's only for a bad, like the, the reason is only negative. That's all I can think about. And apparently I don't have one good, they didn't keep one good note. Okay. I wish, I wish I could say this was something that I grew up out of, that maybe it was just in kindergarten and first grade, but patience is actually tough for me to preach on uh, because it's not something I'm, I'm, I'm great at. And some of you are like, oh, you're just being humble. No, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Um, so just a couple weeks ago, not years, <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, my wife is trying to sell something on Facebook Marketplace. We're selling a big coffee table. It's really big and heavy. And we're selling it. And, and my wife, the, the appointment's at four o'clock. This person made the time. And we were gonna meet at Starbucks. Starbucks is in a plaza. And so there's a lot of space. And my wife is about to go. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with you going and meeting some person by yourself. I said, I'm gonna go with you. I was working from home that day. I had a lot of stuff to do. I, was, I had meetings to get ready. I just was doing a lot. And I said, let me just go be five, 10 minutes and I'll come back and get stuff done. We get there early, 3.55, four o'clock comes. Uh, they're not there. I thought, hey, no worry. It's four. I get it. 4.05. So like, it only took me five minutes. So now I'm done. Okay. That's it. That's three and a half minutes longer than I told you earlier. Like I only have 90 seconds. Okay. So now I'm already like, what, you know, what's going on? 4.15 comes. Nothing. I'm like, TJ, can you just see, reach out? 4.20, we hear back from this, this person. Hey, sorry, running late. I'll be there in 15 minutes. <laughs> like, you knew you were late. Call it. Like, you set the time. 
So now that would be 435. 435 comes, not there. 440, not there. 445, they pull up. They, they know what car we're in. They see us. I'm not making this up. They drive by our car. 75 yards away, they park. There's plenty of parking. <laughs> they walk all the way over. Hey, how you doing? You know it's a coffee table. It's heavy. You should probably get your car. Oh, yeah, good call. Go get their car. Drive it over. Now, at this point, I don't know how you and your friends or your spouse are, but I kind of have an unspoken rule. Like, like, I didn't say this. I've never said this to my wife, but like, it's clear to me, like, we're, we're going to shun them emotionally. Like, right? When they get out, we shun. Okay? We need to teach them a lesson, and that's our job. My wife, I thought, understood this. She didn't. She pops out of the car as if it's the greatest day ever. She greets them. I'm not exaggerating. How are you doing? Tells the, it ended up being a young couple. Hey, how are you doing? I love your top. That's so pretty. Where did you get that? Like now they're making small talk. Come to find out it's a young couple that moved from Cyprus, which apparently is a country that I've never heard of. They moved from Cyprus, don't have any family. They don't know about our roads. They don't know about our culture. They don't know anything, which is why they were late. My wife understands the whole story, their backstory, understands their dreams, understands what's going on in their will. Like she knows everything. And I'm giving her the look like, remember the code? Like, you shun. Like, then we get in the car. This is after like 10 minutes of like talking. And, and I, as soon as I get in the car, the Lord just immediately convicts me. And he said, Dustin, you missed what I was doing. And I said, God, but you don't understand. I didn't have time to minister to them. I had to hurry up and get back to doing ministry, uh, you know, at my house. Like, and he said, well, you missed it, but, but TJ didn't. And I, I told my wife, I said, I am so sorry. Because I didn't say anything to her. I didn't say anything to them. But it just, I wasn't into it. Like, I just, you can tell when somebody's irritated. And I had to apologize to my wife. And in my apology, I just started laughing. And she's like, what are you laughing at? I was like, I got to preach on patience in two weeks. <laughs> Hashtag nailed it. Like, I don't, like... See, y'all are like, oh, he's not humble. He's honest. Okay. <laughs> Proverbs 19, 2. Impatience will get you into trouble. Impatience. I got into trouble. You see, when I'm impatient, I'm unloving. Because love is patient and kind. And when I'm not patient, that means I'm not loving. And that young couple is a child of God. That our Heavenly Father sent his one and only son to die on a cross for it. And I miss seeing the beauty in them because of my own stuff. Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another and love. Famous evangelist, Billy Graham, led more people to Christ than anybody in the history of our world. Hundreds of millions of people, incredible. His wife, Ruth Graham, she passed away. She already had picked out what she wanted on her gravestone. This is, this is what she put. End of construction. 
thank you for your patience. You see, what she understood is that on this side of heaven, we're all work in progress. Do you understand that? Like on this, and I'm telling you this, she was like a saint and she's just, thank you for your patience. Like we all are sinful, thus we all need each other's patience. I love that. The power of patience. So those are the four pitfalls. Here's the power of patience. Patience promotes peace. Patience promotes peace. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody that's peaceful. Like if you see somebody that's peaceful, you automatically know that that person has patience. Like they have embraced patience. And it's not a lot of times when we see somebody that's great at something, we think that they were born that way. It's not that they were born that way. It's that how it's how God is working in them. They have embraced patience. Thus they have peace. And that story about selling that, that coffee table. Okay. Which, by the way, we didn't even make a lot of money on. I'm like, what are we doing here? That's a whole nother deal. My wife that day had way more peace than I did. Way more peace. Because she embraced patience and I didn't. Some of you are wanting more peace in your life. Some of you are stressed out. Your family's telling you that. Your boss is telling you that. Your doctors are telling you that. You are telling, like you're stressed out and you're like, what is the answer? Patience. That's, that's the answer. To embrace patience. Patience is how God also matures us. He doesn't just give us peace. It's how he matures us. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help, they help, it, we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. You see, patience is what matures us. One of the things I love about our church is, is how diverse we are. And when I say diverse, I don't mean ethnic background or skin color. I mean in every area, financially diverse. But one of the specific areas I'm talking right now is how multi-generational we are. And I love that. I love that. Here's what I'm always going to preach about. I'm always going to talk about reaching the next generation. I just believe in it. But this is what I know. This is what I know. I know that if we reach the next generation, but if our church doesn't have strong, mature men and women that have been following Christ, then they don't have a model of what it looks like to live for Christ for decades. And so what we do when we reach the next generation is we grab a, a new believer or a young believer and we stick them right here. And the way I process it is, 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 is what the older generation does, the, the mature generation, the people that are spiritually mature in the Lord is what they do is they help. It's kind of like a wind up toy. We take this person and we say, hey, see where they're at in 50 years. We put them there and you help chart the course. So if you've been here and you've been following the Lord and you are a mature believer, don't minimize your role in being a part of the church. It's more valuable and important than you realize. And in our digital technology day, what we want to do is have instant gratification, instant results in everything. Like right now, right from this pulpit, it's amazing. I can order something from Amazon and it'll be at my house by the time I get home. That's nuts. That's crazy. You see, but you can't fast track maturity. No matter how much technology, you cannot do that. You see, there's a difference between a mushroom and an oak tree. A mushroom takes six days to mature. And some of y'all eat them 
Like, that's weird. Okay? A mushroom takes six days to mature. An oak tree takes 60 years. And what the digital age says is it wants to say your faith is more like a mushroom, but God says, no, 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 no. You're an oak tree. What I'm building is for the long term with strong, deep roots, and it's going to take a while, and I need you to have patience for the journey, for what I'm doing in and through you. See, God wired us like oak trees, not mushrooms. And an oak tree comes from an acorn, just a small acorn comes this big, strong oak tree. So if you ever get discouraged, take a look at a big, strong oak tree, and you'll be encouraged to know what God can do, even with a nut. There you go. Take that however you want. Did you know that on average, you're going to spend six months waiting at a red light? Did you know that? Which by my guess would be like, an average of like two weeks honking your horn, you know? <laughs> and here's what's interesting with our technology. More and more of us are looking here instead of there. So a lot of us are, we're not going when it turns green. And if you don't go immediately when it turns green, the guy behind you turns red, right? <laughs> here's what I find interesting too, though. Like if, if I don't go immediately when it's green, I'm so grateful for the patience of the person behind me. But if the person in front of me doesn't go immediately, like I'm ready, like I'm ready. <laughs> and, and what God does is he gives us patience. He's like the patient person behind us. And he's saying, listen, I'm giving it to you so you can be patient to the person in front of you. Don't hoard the patience that I give you. It's not just for you. It's to be an extension of my love and grace to others. Dads, I want to talk to you for a moment. This is for everybody, but, but dads, I want, to, I want to encourage you to hear this. Listen, dads, you don't, you don't have to worry about patience if you have perfect kids, okay? Just, and some of you tell me you have perfect kids, which is great. You don't need to worry about patience, okay? It's all good. But if you don't have perfect kids, I want to encourage you to embrace patience. And I would say this, not just when they're kids, but in every season, and the way I think about this is through kind of three steps of coaching. And I learned this and kind of was aware of it when I coached my son and literally he may have been, I mean, I coached him for a while, but specifically I remember around eight years old, I was on the third base side as the coach on the field. And I remember having this epiphany because after every single pitch, after every pitch that all the stands would say stuff to the batter, elbow up. Bend your knee, open your shoulder, bend down, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself about like everything. And I remember being on third base, like, man, these kids are like, they can't handle this. Like after every pitch, they're like, so they're looking at the pitcher, but their mind is back here and they're stressed. Like, what does this mean? What is this? What? Like, and it's not fun. It's stressful. And God just spoke to me. I was on, on third base. He said, Dustin, sometimes you can do that. You see, sometimes you have a heart to coach and sometimes you can micro coach. You see, I think there's three different coaches. There's, there's the dad or the person that doesn't coach at all. 
And it's not because you don't like your kids. It's not because you don't, it's just you either don't feel confident or you're not aware or you're, you, you, you know, you only see them every other weekend. And so you don't want to have a coaching conversation, conversation if you don't barely see them. So whatever it is, you don't ever coach them. You don't tell them anything about life. You don't ever help them. And we see this in the church. It's like, because you don't know everything about the Bible, you're not going to tell your kids anything about the Bible. And it's like, you don't have to be an expert just to transfer knowledge. You don't have to. Don't wait till you've crossed a certain finish line to then be able to say, now I'm an expert, now I can help you. Just tell them where you're at about what you know. That's it. Yes. Wherever you're at. So I would say, if you're here, just start coaching. And then we have the, the middle section. This is where you're coaching and it's healthy conversations. And this is a healthy uh, amount of coaching. And then over here is what I used to, and maybe still do struggle with is, it could be micro coaching. Where maybe I'll coach too much. And I remember feeling convicted. I was watching this ball game unfold. I was like, man, I need, to, I need to coach my kids, but they can't handle the constant correction. They can't handle the constant coaching. I need to give them space. I need to give them room to breathe. I need to give them over affirmation so that I can have a coaching conversation. So maybe that's you. Maybe it's your micro coaching. And I thought about it in my terms. Like I can't imagine if my boss, after every email I sent, was like, hey, can we talk? Hey, you see how you, you forgot a, a comma? You needed a comma here. Or hey, the tone wasn't good. Here. Like you and I, we would go nuts. And that's what we do to kids. I would say, coach, don't micro coach. Proverbs 16, 32, better to be patient than powerful. So why should we be patient? Second Peter 3, 9. He, meaning God, is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's why God's been patient to us, so we should be patient to others. One of the things that my son and I have recently started getting into, and that's a big word, we just started watching a couple little Formula One races, and we've started talking about them. If you don't know anything about Formula One, it's, this is in um, Monte Carlo, uh, Monaco, several weeks ago. And this is through the city and it's right on the water. It's absolutely beautiful. And I was watching this and I was fascinated. I just, I, I instantly became fascinated with it. These cars through the city and not just this race, but a lot of them, they go up to close to 200 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour. And, and I'm, I'm listening to, to the drivers. I'm listening to the uh, analysts and, and everybody knows and we expect the drivers to be good. But you know who re wins races? The pit crew. You know that. And there's a pit crew of like 15, 20 people. They have engineers. They have all the, because what the pit crew is doing is they are calculating, when do we stop? What are we doing when we have a pit stop? Are, are we changing tires? Literally, I found out there's three or four different classes of tires. There's hard, there's soft, and there's medium. And I watched several races and I don't know the difference. Okay, I have no idea. But they do. And all the cars are putting on different tires at different times for different reasons. And do we need a new fender? Do we, do we, how much gas, all this stuff. And what I would say is there is power in the pit stop. And what a car does when they hit a pit stop is the driver comes in to the pit crew. And this is what the driver does during a pit stop. Nothing. They just sit there and they let the pit crew do everything. You see, the pit crew sets them up for success on the next several laps. You want to know what, how to have patience? It's you and I need a daily pit stop. And we need to let the pit crew work on us. Who's the pit crew? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
What do I do during the pit stop? Nothing. You just sit there and let the work of the Holy Spirit, let the work of the Father, let the work of Jesus from the inside out make you patient. See, this is our verse, John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you could do nothing. And a better way of saying it in this series is it's, it's not try harder, it's come closer. So how do I have more patience? What do I need to work on? Give me the to-do list. I'm gonna pull up my sleeves. I'm gonna go be more patient tomorrow. No, 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 no. What you do is you just pull your car in and have a pit stop and just let the Lord work on you from the inside out. That's how we become more patient. What does a pit stop look like? I don't, it looks different for everybody, but it's intentionally connecting and engaging with God on a daily basis. That's your pit stop. Why? So that you're ready for the next several laps to succeed. Nobody in Formula One would think they could win a race without a pit stop. And what's crazy is how many Christians think they could run the race without slowing down to spend time with God. You just won't. And sooner or later, you're going to run out of gas or you're going to wreck your life. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much for your just incredible patience with me. And I have a feeling people listening, Lake County online, Apopka, they would say the same thing. God, thank you for being patient with us. And then God, at the same time, would you forgive us? For we have received your patience, but we've not been good at giving it. Would you help us to be better at giving grace, reflecting your glory, reflecting your name, reflecting your honor, And so God, would you help us to avoid the temptation that we're gonna go out and we're just gonna try and do it. Instead, help us to learn the power of a pit stop, to just sit in your presence and let you do a work from the inside out. And God, if I'm honest, sometimes it's very uncomfortable to just slow down and do nothing and spend time with you. We feel like we we gotta race, we gotta go, we we got a to-do list. But would you give us the heart to sit at your feet Lord, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly podcast from Journey Christian Church. If this message was a blessing to you, be sure to click the follow button and share it with your family and friends. For more information about Journey Christian Church, please go to journeychristian.com.